Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, Dave, and occasionally a special guest here to talk about the club that we love, Tottenham Hotspur. Come on, you Spurs. Let's go. Hey, this is Wicked Spursy, Mike, Steve, and Dave. I want to start off, uh, I just told the guys I had no idea what to talk about, but something just came to my mind. We had one awesome experience this week. There, there was at least one really good thing that happened this week. So Wednesday afternoon, this is despite a Burnley match that was going on, um, Mike, Steve, and I, for the first time ever, got together, the three of us, in person. So I want to throw out some uh, a shout-out to the uh, the Wicked Spursy crew for actually assembling together. Met up at uh, Foam Brewery or Foam Brewing in uh, Burlington. And uh, I'll tell you what, I, I think it makes the case that even though we say that virtual world is not uh, an appropriate or good or um, decent substitute world. It was nice to meet up with you guys in person and actually realize we already know each other pretty well, just doing what we do in this virtual realm. Uh, it, it was fun to get together face to face. Steve, thoughts, comments on our, on our, our first in-person meetup this week? No, it was a good time. Um, it's always good to, you know, actually have that kind of, you know, uh, uh, back and forth. It's a little more natural, um, you know, cause it, it, we've been doing this virtually for a while. So, you know, we, we've kind of got used to, uh, you know, how to, how to play off one another, but uh, it, it just feels so much better just doing it, doing it live. Right. So that uh, no, was a good time. I was, I was glad we got to do that. Absolutely. We that game, so even better. And we won that game. Yeah. Maybe that's the, uh, the, the secret sauce that that we need to keep sticking with. Mike, you have historically thought that I was actually just a bot and not a real person. And then when you first saw me, you commented, oh, you're taller than I thought. So uh, what, were your, what were your takeaways from our quick quick gathering uh, this week? Um, uh, yeah, actually today uh, we met uh, we met Nick again, you know, for the first time in person today uh, at the at the um, Green Mountain Spurs uh, meetup. Um, so i was explaining to him how like i was like dave's dave's a real fucking imposing figure like <laughs> when like he's way taller than i thought he was and uh and i said uh, i said when they say the city of big shoulders they mean it <laughs> <laughs> that's funny yeah I, so I, um I, I i really i really enjoyed meeting you and uh getting together and and you know, it's, it's kind of funny when we're all sitting around a table together, it's, it's, it almost seems like we're doing this right now, except, you know, obviously in person and human faces involved. And, but I mean, it's like, we've already known each other for so long, but it's uh yeah, it was wonder. It was a wonderful experience to kind of have. Totally agree. I, t- I told my wife that uh, it was actually that that same type of feeling when you meet up with some some buddies you haven't seen for a long time or guys you went to college with or whatever, and you just pick right back up. Uh, it felt like that type of vibe to me. So exactly, I think that means we got something good going. And you guys will appreciate knowing that my my 21 year old son uh, Logan, who joined us ever so br- briefly, commented to me afterwards, "Hey, those guys were pretty cool. Thanks for letting me hang out." So uh, oh. That- Got the stamp of approval from Gen Z, so you know, take that when you can get that. We'll we'll run. Yeah, he's, he's very very nice, very play kid, um, and uh, yeah, you're like you're lucky to have a good kid like that, man. So no question, no question at all. It, it's all his mom. There we go. Um, <laughs> hey, uh, let's let's just hop to Mike. How you doing? How uh, how you feeling today? And uh, overall, what's what's life treating you like? Um, I mean, life is life is pretty good. We get to. 
tonight we partook in uh is that the word partook uh in in the amazing uh halloween tradition of uh of, of jack-o'-lantern carving my kids uh my kids both kind of kind of went traditional but like a little bit off the block traditional um not so much the triangle eyes but very square very big lucas did cool one with very big huge round eyes looks very alien-esque um i tried to go detailed <laughs> and um and uh make a gene simmons uh you know tongue out jack-o'-lantern and uh it didn't come out quite the way I want uh, with when you don't have the correct tools, the detail can kind of get lost, uh, especially when you break a part of the nose off and it looks like his eyes are like three feet apart. <laughs> so instead of having a nice long Gene Simmons face and a nice long tongue, it looks like the face is spread out and squished and it, it kind of looks like sloth from the Goonies. If you can think about that, if you put sloth in Gene <laughs> Simmons face paint. <laughs> the, the love I think next year I'm going back to sense. triangles. <laughs> there you go. I, Stick. I freehand drew it and it looked great. I was like, this looks awesome. <laughs> Did not Stick work with, out the way. Stick I with what you're good at, right? Stick <laughs> with what you're good at. Steve, how about you? How you doing? How's life treating you this weekend? Um, well, we'll see. Tomorrow's Halloween. It'll be it's not Isaac's first Halloween, but it's the first one where he's actually like mentally there right like you know he was he was four months old uh last time no idea what was going on now he's like starting to get into it and, and you know understand that there's something different going on um so it, that that's been a lot of fun he had his uh you know holiday parade his halloween parade at uh, school on friday and he was completely confused and you know we'll just be going to my uh my sister-in-law's tomorrow hang out there for a while i'll be passing out candy uh, at home you know when we get back later but uh looking forward to seeing how he uh how he deals with all the other kids in costumes running around um uh, should be a good one steve speaking of costumes uh we saw a picture of you yesterday it sounds like you won some sort of award at work i was wondering if you'd tell our listeners about your your <laughs> costume and the motivation behind it um it was it was outstanding yeah, so uh, I won the funniest costume uh, at our little office Zoom Halloween party. Um, <laughs> I was a, I was, I was grandma. So I <laughs> had this nice, you know, floral nightgown that I was wearing, some, you know, fake pearl necklace, uh, obviously, you know, a, a wig. But then my, my wife, she helped me for like half an hour, just age up my face with some, you know, just makeup. Um, it's, I jumped on that, uh, I jumped on that call and just my boss, who was like the first person there, he just lost it. He, like I couldn't talk to him for two minutes. He was just laughing his ass off. Um, but yeah, so the, so the theme that we were going for, my wife's going as a, as Red Riding Hood. I, I, I was saying that Isaac's going to be the big bad wolf, but I mean, realistically, he's more like the little cranky wolf. <laughs> now, he's not really big. He's not bad, um, but it it should be at least on theme. I think it'll work better with the group there. But uh, the grandma thing, in and of itself, it it slayed. <laughs> Personally, I think the uh, grandma with the 
the the arm sleeve full of tattoos um maybe is what what really made the whole vibe that that's that's pretty solid no question what's funny is that he he got on the call tonight and uh and (laughs) i almost said to him i i I looked right at him and i actually did tell him he looked like a pimp i thought he was actually dressed up for halloween tonight now it looks like i just need to say to him you know nothing john snow He looks, he's Seems got big. this giant black robe on, and it looks like Jon Snow's, you know, overcoat. <laughs> like Steve's Steve's headed for north of the wall tonight. Absolutely. Is that velour? What, what are you rocking there with that thing? Huh? What, what is that? I don't know. It was like 15 bucks. <laughs> I just found it. Yeah, I was at the store somewhere. You see, Meanwhile, the, uh, paying, oh. paying for your heating bill just sucks, so we keep it like as cold as possible. Like Leo DiCaprio, you just slayed the bear, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Mike is uh, Mike's looking good in the uh, the Spurs Away Galaxy kit, and which uh, they have not won in since I've worn it. But true, just just keep wearing it, right? And I'm I happen to have on my uh, my Wicked Spursy T-shirt, just trying to bring some some good vibes to the pot after a, a crappy day on the, on the pitch. So hey, why don't we why don't we transition to that? Um, Steve, your call. You want to talk about Burnley first? You want to talk about Man U? What's your preference? Um, well, if we talk about Man U, I'm probably just going to end up crying because that was just... Well, you know what? No, I take it back. I saw that coming at the beginning of the month. We had our pod before the international break, and I said this is exactly what was going to happen. Um, so I'm not. Even, it's not even that I'm like surprised by it. I'm just more annoyed that it came to be. What a fucking game. That was. So let's start with Burnley, I guess. <laughs> Sweet. All right. We'll start with Burnley. Wait, good decision making there. I like that roundabout uh, trip to get there. Yeah. Not that it was any better. Right. Like, I mean, the best part of it, it, we got to watch it together, you know, on, on Mike's little phone. Um, <laughs> we did. <laughs> yeah. That was pretty classy too. So you need to see what I'm saying now when I have to watch a game on my phone. <laughs> you know, I don't think we missed much. Um, the vibe that I was getting from it seems to be in line with everything that I've read from, from you know, post-match write-ups and, and whatnot. It, it was just boring. There wasn't really a whole lot going on. Um, and, you know, we see a lot of that today, too. And, and you know, I'll, I'll let Mike take the first stab at United, but... It's. I think this is this is thematic of what we've seen under Nuno over the last couple of weeks. Just lethargic, boring play. It's it's not really entertaining to. Well, it might be entertaining to, you know, the United fans. Kamal joined us today. Yeah, uh, you know, he was on a, a previous episode of Wicked Spursy. Um, that was after the Manu game last year, right? That was. Uh, yeah. yeah, it was yeah, before it was. the Manu. It was a it was before the Manu. How was Kamal? How's he doing? I'm sure he's happy. Oh, he had a good time. Yeah, I um, bet he did. <laughs> Yeah, that guy was fucking Pete Kamal today, I'll tell you. Pete Kamal. So after, after today, is Kamal coming back on the pod, or are you, are you not inviting him back? I tried to get him on tonight, and uh, unfortunately, his son was uh, playing in an indoor tournament tonight and wasn't going to be done until 8 o'clock. So. All right, we'll get him back. All good. Yeah, yeah. next time when they beat us fucking 4 nothing, <laughs> They'll have taken seven goals from us. Sorry, Steve, so, back to you. We sidetracked you. I mean, what else is there at this point? I'm just, I'm just exhausted with this team. Um, and I'm sure we'll talk more about, about Nuno and tactics and all that, but like, 
when when you win a game in a cup and it doesn't even feel good like that's that's problematic and then you come on and you lose like you know a few days later it's it's just it's fucking miserable man it's just it has not been pleasant for i don't think any of us um but you know where do we go right like there's a whole lot to dissect here right there is mike's mike's ready to go too mike i want to hear what you got for us all right so burnley uh yeah, Steve described it perfectly. Um, I went back and they uh, they have kind of like a um, match, uh, a match, a fast version of the match where they cut out all the nonsense uh, and, and you know, the the foul, the, the, the space of time in between fouls and stuff, and you can watch it in like an hour, you know. Um, so I went back and watched that match in Burnley. Just the way Steve described it, it was boring. Uh, there wasn't any real big attacking play. Uh, Harris Kane, Harris Kane the third was out there and didn't do shit. Um, the only bright spot um, in the entire game was was a corner kick that uh, was it? Yeah, it was a corner, right? That Lucas headed in, that got deflected, um, and Lucas smartly. Instead of instead of trying to use his head to put it up in the upper corner, smartly saw saw the goaltender go go that way, and he decided to smash it directly down into the ground and scored that goal. It was it was it was beautifully taken header. Um, and again, you know, the smallest guy on the field gets up to get the to get the header. Um, but that said, like nobody was overly exciting to watch in that game. Um, it was just kind of a boring game and we luckily came away with a goal and a win. So um, our next match in the caribou cup um, <laughs> is going to be against uh, West ham, which you can imagine again, I still think all these draws are fucking predetermined. Um, like you know, Sunderland, Sunderland arsenal, for example. <laughs> right so yeah they the, the the good story right is going to be arsenal coming back to win its spot in europa after the worst start in league history because and they'll end up like somehow challenging for one of the cups because they're arsenal and it's been it's better for the english premier league to have arsenal you know be on top versus having and especially uh, a cinderella story you know um fuck arsenal and fuck mikel arteta so um that said um those I might have been your first two swear words of the of the, the pod. Um, mike you did much better this week you didn't even commit to it this time around <laughs> yeah i mean it's not it's never going to be a kid-friendly uh, pod again right so <laughs> you tried um, you made it nine words the last time yeah that my children it. my children are headed off to bed right now so oh un- untapped mike that. tonight all right untapped yeah Yeah, here we go um manchester united um i thought the game got off to a decent enough start um we made some we made some early mistakes but we had some early chances too um you know son had we had a couple of really nice shots um not not on goal but we had shots which was encouraging we held a lot of the ball in the in the first 
20 minutes. Um, I didn't see anything that made me nervous about um, about Man U to, to start the game. Um, I don't think Ronaldo touched the ball in the first 25 minutes of the game. Um, but that said, you knew that something was going to was going to come eventually because of the boneheaded fucking decision to <laughs> to play Ben Davis out there on on, on Ronaldo. You know, I, I I don't really understand the thinking. Here's a team with Cristiano Ronaldo on it, who is arguably um, one of the best attacking players in, in the history of the game. I mean, outside of the fact that he's a fucking complete shit heel um, on the field and off the field, he's a fantastic, uh, he's a fantastic footballer. Uh, so, I mean, uh, Ben Davis, I mean, the guy tries, right? I mean, he does try hard. He, and it, it's he's he doesn't try to fuck up, but he just on on he just doesn't he just doesn't have the ability to be a top notch defender in a league where if you do not defend if you do not defend at least a little bit well you're gonna have along with being able to score which we can't do <clears throat> if you don't defend very very well when you can't score then then you're looking at yourself being at a bottom of the table team. And that's the way we're playing right now. Um, after the first 25 minutes went right back to West Ham, right. Bouncing the ball around, trying to find a way through, through the defense. Lucas tried to thread some balls a, a couple of times. He got through, um, you know, son being offside, on that on that one uh then there was another one that son got that he kind of fluffed um because he let the defender get back on him um was everon that that ended up getting back on i mean he's really fucking fast so um you know i i don't think that man you was really scary ever during the game but you know I think that I think that we're we're looking at a a situation right now that is is untenable. We we cannot continue like this. Um, Nuno this time. Um, so we talked about West Ham. Nuno didn't make he made the right substitutions, but at the wrong time today. His timing was correct, and his substitutions were fucking bad. Lucas, who easily easily was the highest rated player on the on the squad today was was taken out for Steven Bergwijn when we should have put Steven Bergwijn over on the left hand side taken Harry Kane off and and moved Son to the middle uh and then inexplicably Los Celso was taken out um Skip was taken out. Was it Skip who was? Skip came out for uh, Deli Alley, right? No, De- Deli came Tangy. in for Lacelso late, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. 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 I mean, Tangy should have been starting. I think that Lacelso um, should have spelled Tangy. I think Lacelso is better better off the bench in that situation. I think we would have found ourselves in a much better situation attacking with Tangy. Um. 
Skip wasn't having an overly amazing game. He was having a good enough game. I don't understand what, what he was thinking with his, with his substitutions. Um, but they certainly didn't provide any attacking for the team. So I, at this point, like, I think in Nuno's head, he's trying, he thinks he's trying, but he's not, his tactics are all wrong. So, so let's build on that because that's what I've been wondering since the match ended is what is Nuno thinking? Do, do either of you have a, a theory on what, what Nuno's actual approach here is Steve shaking his head. <laughs> I think Steve is with me on that. Drunk enough to be able to contemplate what Nuno might be thinking. I, it was baffling to me. Every decision he made was just the wrong one. And it's, I mean, and it's not just, and it wasn't just today. It's a constant thing. Yeah. That's, and he keeps yeah. thinking like he, he keeps listening to the fans too much instead of listening to his coaches, listening to the players say, you know, this is where we're at. I hope he was listening to him loud and clear today, chanting, you know, you don't know what you're doing booing him for that lucas sub he got yeah the the one of the one of the most polarizing players on the team one way or another lucas mora the coach got booed for taking him off so that's very telling we're we're in a lot of trouble here in, in tottenham and um something needs to be done soon i mean uh, we can't give him another run of three games if it's going to continue like this no and the thing that annoys me the most is that it's not like he's trying something and it's it's you know you can see that there's something there and it's just not clicking it doesn't even look like he's trying anything it's just it, it it has all the feeling of just just go out there and just play the game you don't need to have any kind of, of of plan in place just go out there and do what you do like you know it's it's like what you tell uh well maybe maybe you don't have this experience but when I played little league as a kid you know I was on easily the worst team in our league uh and and you know we had one of those coaches who's like yeah you know they're kids so you know just go out there have some fun you know don't worry about it it's just a game like that just feels like the same kind of advice that Nuno is giving those players but they're, you know, professionals at the highest level and they shouldn't be told just go out and have some fun. It should be go out and do your fucking job. <laughs> See, you just gave me, you gave me a flashback to Little League. I, I played on a team and we were the worst team in the league and our coach, Coach Wheeler, he would, he would show up to the games, come, come in the dugout and he'd be like, hey, fellas, we going to win today? And we'd all be like, nah. We, we suck we're not winning anything but every single game hey fellas we're gonna win today nope kind of feels like that right now and you get hammered and it's like oh well you tried your best here's some orange slices like right 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 no, back then they didn't give you a trophy just for showing up though so we never got a trophy that was that was the they don't they don't do it uh they don't do it in the Premier League either this is yeah, true they sent they sent you away yeah my my problem my problem with today and and the entire season is that it's now very, very apparent to me what our friend Harris Kane is doing. And um, and I and I kind of been pushing this idea off for a little bit, but now I really think it this is what exactly what he's doing, which is 
he is so pissed at Daniel Levy is that so that he's going to tank his value so that Levy can't get money for him in the next transfer window or, or in the summer. And he's still going to make a contract because he knows that he's going to make a contract somewhere, but he knows that he's going to tank his value around the world and around the uh, English Premier League. And I think he's doing it purposely. It, I mean, he put zero effort in today. I know that's that's a tough charge to, to charge on a guy who is supposed to be one of the best in the world. But if you can't get your ass up for a team like Manchester United with a guy on the other side of the pitch named Cristiano Ronaldo, I mean, if you want to be ever compared to the greatest in the world, you better get your ass up out of bed ready to play. And he hasn't shown that this year. And I think he's now, I think he's doing it on purpose. He needs to be benched. Agreed. 100%. So I'll let, I'll let Steve give his man. You I'm, I'm, I'm I, I am literally at a loss for words for the rest of the Dude, this man discussion. Invisible. That's what it is. Like he's just, he, he isn't getting into those positions. He's just kind of sitting back and just almost like he's taking it all in. Like if he gets, half a chance, you know, then he'll, he'll give it a shot. But like, you know, and I was pointing it out, uh, you know, to, to you and to Nick and to just about anybody who would listen at, at Goodwater, to be honest, you know, you'd see instances where you'd get Emerson out wide, you've got Lucas out wide, you get Sun out wide, and they're looking into the box. Nobody's fucking there. Kane's like, you know, 30 yards behind him, just kind of like taking it all in and trying to see, you know, you guys got it. You know, what are you going to do? If it bounces to me, maybe I'll, you know, honor you with a pass or something. But, you know, it doesn't look like he's making those runs in. It doesn't look like he's challenging for, for just about anything particularly well. I, I, you know, I don't know that he's doing it on purpose. He might be, honestly. But he, I, I definitely agree. This dude needs to get fucking benched. You know, we played so much better when it was just sun up top. And, and Paratici... If you're one of our dozens of listeners here, uh, my dude, please break the bank for a fucking striker in January. I like, I know it's going to cost an arm and a fucking leg, but if you need an arm and a leg to sell, you know, Kane's not using his, just lop those off at this point. I don't give a shit. Like, tear him limb from limb, feed him to the wolves, whatever it takes. But you got to get a somebody up top who can be bothered to, you know, post up to the center backs, you know, make those runs in the box, you know, try to bully those guys around. You need the, the, the Romero for the attack because Romero is a fucking beast. That guy is just not having anybody shit. You need that attitude, but on the opposite side. He was given a he was Sky Sports gave him a, a I think a rating of Romero gave him a rating of four today, which I thought oh, was really? bullshit. It should have been at least a six. Um, it, I thought was complete bullshit. Oh, I'm know, sure it's one of those things where it's like they gave away some goals, so obviously it goes down. It's like yeah, but you know I find it hard to blame Romero for most of those. Dyer played uh, played in for the second goal. You know maybe. Romero could have been closer to the guy, but still, you know, Dyer was the one who played him on. Uh, Davies wasn't up for challenging Ronaldo. And uh, as for Rashford, I mean, there was, it was a comedy of errors on that one. Like everything just fell apart. But, you know, I actually want to talk about that one because that's the situation where I think 
it's something that Skip does well is is kind of locking out that that um, you know center field all the way through to uh, defense. Skip does well at kind of reading those and and, and blocking that passing lane off taking him off and, and hoping for Hoiberg to do all the defensive work. So that, you know, Tangi and, and um, you know, whoever else, was it still Los Elso at that point? I think uh, it was. Could, could, you know, do something. It, you know, it's, it's not great. It, it's just not great tactically. It, it unbalances the team. It makes it that much easier for your, for your opponents you know, and one of the things that, that we were noticing, um, you the the defense for United didn't even really need to do much. You know, it's, there was that one challenge that uh, you know Verani had uh, to to track back, but other than that, I mean, Spurs made it easy for them, and that's not something you want to be doing to the uh, to to your opposition's defense. If their job's easy, you're it's it's what the fuck are you doing out there? Yeah, Steve, I felt that I, there was a there was a time in the second half um, right before I quit watching, which was about the 85th minute. I just said I was done. And that was right as the third goal went in um, where in our final third, United looked completely unbothered. They we didn't look like we were intimidating. We looked like didn't look like we were threatening. There was absolutely nothing brewing. There was nothing emerging. They didn't even have to, like, get excited about anything. They just dealt with us um it was it was challenging and frustrating mike i want to go back to your your comment about harry kane because i'm just trying to trying to work this through in my mind right um trying to think about why harry kane is being the way he is and i can really only come up with a few possibilities right one is that he is injured and we don't know about it that he's got something nagging that is slowing him down and holding him back but we would know about that if that were the case the other is that his butt hurts because of what happened over the over the summer, and he's his feelings are hurt. He's insulted, um, and he he his social, emotional, and mental approach to the game is just garbage right now, um, and he, so he can't get out of his own head. And the third option is what you described, right? That he's doing this with intent, and the, that he's doing this on purpose. I think I'm sort of leaning towards your your hypothesis, Mike, what I'm struggling with on, on that hypothesis is like, what does he think another team is going to think of him? Maybe, maybe they don't care, right? Maybe they just see him as an asset that they can get for a decent price and pay him, you know, 250 grand a week and, and he'll be, he'll be happy. But if I'm another team looking to sign allegedly the best striker in the world, although we have agreed that Lewandowski does play in Germany, um, but if I'm looking to sign somebody like that, I want someone that shows me mental fortitude, right? I want somebody that shows me that even when the chips are down, that they're bringing it. And he is not showing that. And if that's a deliberate play on his part, man, I hope it explodes in his face. I hope it becomes an absolute disaster. Steve? Dave, I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that because the other thing that you have to consider, right, for as, as irritated as Spurs fans are right now, we're nothing compared to these plastics that are used to just having things sort of handed to them, right? Like, could you imagine the reaction that Kane would get if he was starting in that city game today where they lost to Crystal Palace? They would be tearing him up way worse than we are. And I think we're, you know, we're, I, I feel like we're being rightfully harsh on him for his performances, right? But, you know, this is coming after, you know, months at this point of just negligence from him you know he's not really putting 
anything into it and expects us to believe that, you know, he's still giving it a hundred percent, blah, 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 whatever, you know, public relations bullshit, but he goes to a club like, like Man City, or even, you know, even if he goes to another big club, a, a, a PSG or a, you know, a Bayern or a, or a Real Madrid or a Barcelona, those fans will eat him whole if he puts in an invisible performance like that, even if it's a one-off thing, it doesn't matter to them. It doesn't matter, you know, that he's nothing to them. He's just, you know, a, a, a way to sell shirts, you know, a way to sell tickets. He's not one of their own is what you're saying, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I which mean, is, which is why we still get, are still trying to give him the reverence that, right. That he rightfully in the past deserved, but I, I, I there's, Quite honestly, you got to think about it. There's literally only one team that can afford him right now. Newcastle. Well, Newcastle, yeah. <laughs> you know what? Exactly. That's not a bad idea. Let's sell him to Newcastle at the end of the season, and he can play in the championship and win that title. Shit, let's sell him in January. I'm game for that. We'll, just, we'll, get, 80, we'll get 80 million out of him at least because they're going to just want to buy names. Just get him out of the club. And I love that you renamed him Harris, Mike. Like, didn't even Harris throw the Harold at him, right? Harris, Harris came the third. Um, just, just a good play. We're sticking with that one moving forward. I think we should pause. What do you say, Mike? I think it's time for our, our uh, favorite segment. You ready to roll? Oh, yeah, sure. All right. It's time for Hey, Mike, what you drinking? So, Hey, Mike, what you drinking? <laughs> um. I always giggle. I always giggle at that little intro. It's re- it's really funny to me. Um, I like that. I, I can tell you wait for it. So I, I try to bring it every time. <laughs> um, so this one today is uh, we met at foam um, and we had a couple of beers and um, I said, let's get a four pack before I leave of one of the ones I didn't have. Um, and I've never actually had this one from them. It's called uh, it's called she doesn't need you <laughs> he doesn't need you that's good yeah, yeah. and uh I, I don't know i mean maybe that's how the fans feel about nuno right now is like we don't need you um spot on but um this is uh this is a american ipa it's an india pale ale um and on it has some uh pretty cool art um it has the the kind of tulip glass on it. The that is the kind of centerpiece of their logo, a foam foam brewing's logo, um, and the art underneath it is um, is from an uh, is from a local artist uh, named Liza, um, and uh, there the brewery itself is uh, again it's. It's in Burlington. It's a it's a socially conscious um, um, brewery, um, and she's uh, one of she's a woman of color in in our community, and she's one of the premier artists uh, in the in the community. So um, the it, this is basically a, a, a an artsy kind of label. So um, it's really really cool. Um, and I really appreciate the art on it. Uh, that said, it doesn't mean the beer inside is going to be great, as we always know. Um, it does say one pint of fresh beer. Um, it also says uh, time kills art. So without any further ado. <laughs> okay. Pop that open. 
Ooh. That smells really good. That smells really juicy. It's uh it's pouring into the tulip glass. It's very hazy. Uh, like you would expect kind of an American or New England style IPA to be. It smells juicy. It's got a fresh head on it. It's very looks like it's very fizzy. What's your ABV on that one, Mike? ABV seven. There you go. For a, for a single IPA. That's that's a little heavy duty. Um, so let's give it a let's give it a shot. Oh man, I love the smell. Wow. Um, it's ultra good. Tastes like grapefruit juice. Maybe grapefruit and mangoes. <laughs> um, I don't know what kind of hops, uh, what kind of hops go into it. Um, my guess is there's probably a citra in there. Um, but uh, it's, it's just a, it's a phenomenal beer. Uh, most of the beers that they, that they make are phenomenal. This is one of the best I've had though. Um, she doesn't need you. So um, I don't know, man. I, I'm going to give another another sip here just uh, before I make my final decision on this because I'm going to have another one of these after we get done here. So, you know, Mike, while you're doing that, I want to calibrate. Last week, you you hemmed and hawed between 2.5 and 3 on the uh, skills to pay the bill or the pills to pay the bills. So uh, you landed on a 3 ultimately last week. Yeah, I did. I did land on a three and um, I had another one yesterday and I, I'm going to stick with it. It's it was a it was a very decent beer. Um, as as Pilsners go, um, I would say that Goodwater's Pilsner is probably one of Vermont's better Pilsners that's made. Um, but this beer here, uh, after a second sip, uh, it, it got better. Um, I'm going to give it a four point two. Um, it, I mean, again, I'm going to have another one when we get done here. Um, but this, this is a very good beer. She Doesn't Need You by Foam Brewing, uh, Liza S. Art, um, Liza underscore S underscore Art. Um, and I believe that's probably her um, Instagram handle. But uh, very good. Very good. Very good. 4.2. Is that your highest score thus far? I think so. Uh, I, I think it might be. Very nice. And interestingly enough, I think Steve told us earlier, he's currently drinking the Pilsner from Goodwater that Mike just referenced. And uh, Pils. I'm actually um, almost done with the experimental jet set, which is also from, from foam brewing. Um, it's a big boy. It's a double at 9.2 and it is tasty. Um, a second one is threatening. I don't know if it'll be a good idea this time of night, but I think Dave we'll was humming and hawing about buying it. And I said, I said, doesn't, it doesn't drink like a 9.2. <laughs> it does not. It does not. <laughs> All right. So, Hey, thanks. Thanks for that, Mike. We appreciate you uh, bringing us through another, another dose of, Hey, Mike, what you drinking and uh, yeah. looking forward to seeing what you got for us next week. All right, cool. All right, let's get back to it. Let's start looking ahead because I'm sick of talking about United and talking about, uh, Burnley midweek so I believe we've got Vitesse midweek coming up and then we go to Everton on the weekend um Mike you got any thoughts about either of those matches coming up um Vitesse is a home match right that's correct yes um <clears throat> I think we're gonna see probably close to the same type of a of a rotation that we saw uh, 
you know, midweek at Burnley. I don't think he's going to do a full rotation again. They need all nine points um, out of those games. No doubt about it. They need them. Um, so the only good thing that comes out of these next three games is that those teams all have to, they have to play each other too. Right. So um, we need the points out of those games. I don't think you're going to, you're going to, you're not going to see a fully rotated squad again. I don't think against Vitesse, you're going to, you're not going to, you're not going to see Dan Scarlett in there. Um, he cannot, he cannot play against that team again. Um, to be fair, Mike, I don't think we're going to see Harry Kane either. Not because he won't be playing, but because he'll be invisible when he's on the field. <laughs> um, you know, I, no, I, I, I think, you know, Harry, Harry better show up, but, um, you know, you're going to probably, I bet you'll see Mark and get, get a run out there. Um, you might even get to see uh, Jack Clark get a run out there. Um, he put that Instagram post out a couple of weeks ago with him kneeling on the field by himself saying, what, what did he say? Like patiently waiting. waiting. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, we're getting to a point where we're going to start losing some of those, some of that young talent that we, that we uh, coerced into signing. <laughs> um, we talked into signing with us. Um, so I, I don't think you're going to see a hugely rotated squad. Um, you will see some starters in there because like I said, we do need to win those games. Um, I think it's important too to get those get those starters out there, get their uh, wheels oiled for Everton coming up, uh, you know, next week. Um, and it's an earlier game on Sunday too. So you know, I, I I don't see I don't see us losing big to Everton. I think Man Man U is a better team than they've than they've been uh, playing like. You know, uh, there were they they showed flashes of the team they actually are uh, today. But uh, you know, you, you get that with Tottenham a lot now. Um, every it seems that teams are getting healthy on us, and uh, it happened a lot last year. It's happening again. Um, so I, you know, I I don't see Everton having to get healthy on us. I think Everton's going to come in maybe with a little bit of uh, um, nose in the air. Um, but I think, you know, we have to, we have to, as fans kind of put things into perspective now that we are where we are and it's, you know, we have to stop thinking we're a big club because we're not a big club. We're, we're a medium sized club with, with luckily some good players on it that we haven't found the guy to kind of manage those players into, into playing well. Um, so I, I don't really, I don't really have a worry about Everton, but at the same time, I think Everton's going to come in a little cocky given our run of form and thinking that they're, they know what's going, what, what's going to come out of the game before they even step on the field. I, 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 I think we end up winning that game against Everton. I, I think that Everton's going to come and play a little more wide open. It's going to play a little bit to our, more to our strengths. However, they might just, you know, see what happened the last couple of games and just deploy that kind of tactic and just counterattack us. I don't see Everton. Everton's not that type of team. 
So it's it's going to be interesting, um, an interesting run. I I, I don't know. Uh, other than that, I think we have to win two games in a row here. Steve, how about you? What are you thinking? Looking ahead. I think we have to win the two games. I don't think we will. And I'll tell you why. Vitesse is at home. The fans are going to be rightfully pissed off. I mean, you heard them in the, in the United game today. This, this particular midweek fixture is going to be a big test, assuming that Nuno isn't sacked in the morning. If anything goes wrong at all in that game, if we're not playing particularly well, if it's lazy as it has been, God forbid they, they score a goal um, and we're, we're trailing at any point, those fans are going to turn on that team so fast. It is going to be absolutely demoralizing. This midweek fixture, I think, is going to influence how the Sunday game goes. If it does not end in a convincing win, not just a win, but a convincing win, I don't see how the team shows up against Everton, especially in an away game. Everton got smacked last weekend um, by Watford, depending on how their fixture goes on, on, on Monday, you know, you would expect them to bounce back. I, I, it's against Wolves, Everton versus Wolves. I expect that game to, to probably go in Everton's favor. Um, to be honest, I, I, at the very least a draw, but I think it's going to be in, moving in the right direction. And that's what worries me. Something goes wrong for Spurs at midweek versus Everton kind of bouncing back at all. The momentum, I think, is going to be in Everton's favor going into Sunday. And if we don't get that convincing win, I don't think Tottenham are going to have any momentum whatsoever. We'll end up collapsing again. And unfortunately for Nuno, this is right before a break. That's probably, like, if he's going to get sacked, that like these next two games are are crucial for him. If he's not convincing at midweek, if he loses to Everton, he's gone and they're using the international break to figure it out. That's, that's my take right now. Um, I could also be convinced that he waits it out until January, but honestly, you know, to me, it makes sense to just, if you're going to do it, do it during this international break um, and start planning things out. Cause if you're going to get somebody in, in the short term, you know, even if it's just to get you to the end of the season, you're going to want whoever that person is to influence your transfer decisions in January. I'm sure Parasici has plenty of targets in mind um, just based on how he operates. But if Nuno is on his way out the door, that's not somebody I want influencing that decision at all. You know, just cut it off. Um, you know, you're probably going to have to, if you're going to take somebody from a club, you're going to end up paying big bucks for it. Um but honestly, at this point, you know, you, I feel like Levy came out and said that they're in a good spot financially now. Fucking break the bank. Like, if you're going to break the bank for anything, make it a manager who can elevate the club to the position that we as fans expect them to be playing at, uh, you know, given the, the stadium investment, given the, the type of young, exciting talent that we've started to target with uh, Prodigy last summer. Get somebody who's not going to squander that because I don't want to see Nuno throwing these these young guys away um, 
with this kind of crap performance, uh, you know, this uninspired, this, you know, let's feed him to the wolves type shit that we've seen so far. I, I think that's, that's for me, the most likely outcome. Um, if Nuno's still here on Monday, I think he's got the next two games. And if they don't go well, he's gone. Yeah. I think I'm going to, I'm going to add to that for you, Steve. I think if we lose midweek, um, he's gone immediately. Um, and I have a hunch, no matter what happens midweek, we're going to lose to Everton at the weekend. If Nuno's still in charge and, um, he'll be, he'll be gone after that. I do think it's interesting that Paradici has been kind of quiet lately, right? You don't see as much of him in the media. You don't see as many comments, which tells me hopefully he's doing some work. We know that Spurs have a, have a pattern of when they do sack a manager, they usually have a replacement lined up on the back end. Um, and so I'll be curious to see like if there's been background work done and, and they've got something laid up. Take it with a grain of salt. I, I can't verify this. You know, it's just one of those throwaway comments that I saw online. But somebody had pointed out that after the second goal, Parasici was like on the sidelines flipping his shit um, with, with Steve Hitchin and, and with Galini. I don't think he's particularly happy. If that's true, if that's truly what happened, I can't see him being particularly thrilled with what's going on, you know, because that reflects poorly on him. You know, he's the one who kind of lobbied for Nuno. It's not going his way. I don't think that's something that he wants to, to live with. Um, so I, I agree. I think that, that he's got to have something going on because he, he doesn't want to be that guy who, who brought us some incredibly talented players you know, over the summer, even though, you know, we've got, you know, some of our more exciting ones are on loan, um, you know, and Sar in particular, I, I'm really excited to see him, but he's not going to want to bring in these, these young, exciting players and then have that shit going on. That doesn't reflect well in, on him. So I, I, I agree with you, Mike. I think he's, if he's truly as pissed off as that one Reddit comment I saw said that he was, I think you're right. I think you're absolutely spot on. He's got something in the works or he's, he's at least, you know, up at night trying to think of, of a solution. One thing we know about Reddit, everything on there is always true. Look, nobody just goes on the internet and lies. I mean, come on, Never. right? Look, I did my own research here, guys. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to tell you uh, if, you know, uh, I, I think Everton, it looks like Richarlison's going to be back. Right. Um, they said possibly for wolves, but it, I, I don't. I don't know that that's going to happen. I don't know if they'd rush him back. I mean, that's that's part of the reason that they've been getting, you know, beat up a little bit. Um, you know, in you can't put everything on a guy like Calvert Lewin, right? Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, if that little shithead Luca Digne causes any fucking shithousery on us, and we don't fucking fight right back. I'm going to lose my shit. I'm going to go Steve and I'm going to lose my shit <laughs> on Sunday. Luckily I'll be driving back from the Adirondacks and I'll have spotty service. So maybe I won't have to get pissed, but I, I, I really want to see some fight out of Spurs this week um, in both matches. And if I don't see it, I'm blaming it on Nuno because again, he's the manager. You have to be a man manager before you can, before you can be a team coach. He just doesn't know how to do it. Cannot argue with that. Gentlemen, let's turn to final uh, closing comments, closing thoughts. 
what are you thinking, Steve, as we wrap things up today? I think Nuno's, you know, he's, he's done. He, this is way over his head. You know, he's, he's out of his league, out of his depth. There's, you know, I, I, I feel bad in a sense because he is a nice guy, but nice guys don't win football games. Right. Like it just doesn't happen. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. It's not working out well for you, but your tactics are shit. So you need to go end of story. You know, this, this isn't, you know, Nuno Espirito Santo brought to you by Apple TV. You know, this isn't uh, some drama where we're all going to be, you know, cheering for him in a season or two, you know, after he gets us relegated. Um, I don't think he's, he's quite as nice as a guy like Ted Lasso. Uh, not super endearing. The thing that really pisses me off the most is that he, he just recycles the same bullshit every press conference too. Like, Oh, you know, we just need patience. We just need, who the fuck needs patience? Like nothing. You're not showing us anything is working. You're not showing us that there's a method to your madness. That There's something just beyond the horizon, just out of reach. It's, you know, I'll, I'll say it again. I've said it a thousand times. It's one thing if we're, we're losing these games, but you can see that there's just something there. And once it clicks, you know, it's going to start getting better it's a completely different thing to have whatever half-assed lethargic bullshit that we've had to put up with over the last couple of weeks. There's no direction. There's no fucking, there's no fight. And I, 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 nothing sums up his tenure more than when you've got one of the most passionate players on the field running his ass off. And that's the guy that you want to sub out. Like it's bullshit. That to me just says, you know what? You're doing too much, and we're not about that here. And really, it should be the opposite, right? Like, we should have, we should be looking at people and saying, be more like Lucas, you know, put that fucking effort in. When you put that shirt on, you go out there, drive it fucking home. I don't want to see any half ass bullshit out there. You're on the bench. That's what it should be. Um, and, and, you know, we've talked about it before. That's why, you know, I feel like we all are in agreement that so many coaches that have come in recently have likes playing Lucas because he's that guy. He goes out there and he gives it everything. He lays it all out there. Lucas does that. Son does that. Kane Harris, if you will, does <laughs> not do that right now. And and you know, we need somebody to just fucking pull him. Sit his ass on the bench and and let him watch on. Tough shit, dude. You've had your chance. You're not doing shit for us. That's it. You know, new, no out final thought. <laughs> Steve dropping hammers, Mike top that. What do you got? Closing thoughts. <clears throat> I'm not going to top it, but I, I I'm going to say that um, looking forward, we hear, we hear a lot of people bitching about the, the skip Hoiberg uh, midfield pairing um, that it's not a good two man pivot. Um, Lottie, dottie, da, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Lucas dribbles into players, blah, blah, blah. Um, you know, in the end, in the end, you're going to see Skip and Hoiberg there. And, and, and any smart coach is going to do that because you can't score goals if your defense isn't solid. And, and those guys, those guys give you a solid defensive midfield. You have the players on the pitch that can do the job 
um, in the forward positions. They're just not doing it. They're trying. There are a couple guys that are out there trying to do it. It looked to me like Son today was starting to get a little fed up with not having anybody to pair with. I mean, you saw it on his face. That guy, that guy, sometimes, you know, when, you know, when Sonny's having a great game, he's not like drenched completely in sweat because things are easy for him. Right. Yeah. He, today, looked, al- he looked alone today, Mike. Didn't he, he looked alone. He looked haggard. Um, I, uh, on the, on one of his corners uh, late in the game, uh, he looked just a little lost. Um, and I think he looked lost because because he's got nobody out there that wants to do it with him, right? You had Harry Kane last year, Harris um, out there last year um, with him. They were having fun. Granted, it was a Mourinho team. It looked like they were having fun. Um, they did a lot of their scoring early in the season, though, right? Before the wheels fell off. Um, and in regard to Lucas, like Lucas um, – like you said, the guy has so much passion for the game, so much passion for his club. He's going to go out there and he will tear his skin off for his manager and for his club and, and for the badge every single time he's out there, which is why he's out there all the time. He works his ass off on the field. He works his ass off on, on the uh, at, and trainings. I don't care what coach you are, what players you have. If, if I, if I were a coach and I had a guy who busted his ass constantly, constantly out, you know, in practices on, on the field, I would have him on the field every single time, even if he didn't have the talent of somebody who was lazier. I, I think that he belongs in that space. I think he belongs. I think, I think Harry needs to be sat down. Um, not necessarily to teach him a lesson, but maybe to give him maybe a little time to to kind of get into a, a mental a, a mental box that's going to allow him to be a world class player again. And then, you know, you have Son playing in the middle. We had some of our most exciting, most successful soccer in the past five years when Harry Kane wasn't on the field at all. Um, you know, I, I like to I like I really like look you know optimistically and look forward but at this point it's it's hard to it's hard to have that um kind of optimistic outlook and i i just i want to see i want to see some sort of glimmer some sort of flicker of light in in, in these guys eyes and i just i don't see it right now you know sunny sunny's the guy that always comes to mind you know because what what's the best thing that you can see that I've ever seen in sports is a smile like that guy has when he's having fun and he's playing well and his team is playing well. Like there's nothing on this planet that compares to, to human son's smile. Really there isn't. And um, it makes you feel happy as a fan. So I, I gotta, I just want to see that again. And I don't think Nuno's going to do it for us. Um, you better you better put Ryan Mason in place before you before you let him go to Charlton, right? It's true. It's very true. You know, thinking for myself about closing closing thoughts. Last week, I I pitched the uh, the Bob Marley optimistic treatment, and I got to be honest with you, um, 
that was totally fake. I I'm at a loss. I'm at a loss right now, you know, and the struggle is, um, I just feel like we've been exposed, right? We Spurs have been exposed for exactly what they are. Um, we might be a fraud. Yeah. We're definitely no better than an upper mid table team. And we're probably more like just a, a, a solid mid table team right now. And what's hard about that is as I, as I, picture the lineup there are guys that i really like you know i think about guys like hoybier and skip i think about royale who i really like and reggie i think about indom and who when he's on his game is amazing i wish he was on his game more often but when he's on his game he's amazing i'm one of the people that's still not sold on LaCelso, every time I watch him deliver a corner to the near post, that's like knee high um, to the, to the opposition. It, it just gets frustrating, but sunny is sunny. Uh, I like Steven Bergwine a lot. Um, we've just, we've got guys that, that are, that are good players with good attitudes, with good spirits, and they just look extinguished, right? They look like they're just like their fire has been put out by a garden hose. And uh, I'm looking for somebody to light the fire. And let, let's just say it. I think the three of us are, are pretty solid that it, it is time for Nuno out. Um, I felt like Nuno was the was was a good guy with good intentions, with 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 some good track record, but he's clearly not up to this job. And I do think enough time has has gone by to to demonstrate that that pretty darn clearly. And I think if Daniel Levy's smart, which I think we all know he is, he's watching his assets depreciate before his eyes. And so the only thing you can do about that is you got to do something to, to cause those assets to start appreciating in value. And, and that, that requires a shakeup and a changeup. So just where my thinking is at this. Look, look how early Chelsea made a Chelsea made a move last year and what Absolutely. Did they and look what happened. Yeah, you got exactly. it. And, and Hey, gotta find the right guy. We couldn't hope for that, but I'd, I'd hope for a, a fraction of that. I would, I would absolutely take that right now. No question. With that, boys, uh, after a, a long, rough weekend, we are to the finish line. So, gentlemen, as always, I appreciate you. Uh, to our listeners, we appreciate you as well. Come on, you Spurs, and uh, take care of yourselves. Be kind to other people. Make good decisions, all that good stuff. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Take it easy. King of the North. <laughs>